Good morning and welcome to this today's devotional for Monday, May 8th. As has become our practice, let us take a few minutes to center our hearts and minds while we enjoy some beautiful music. Today's devotional comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in the seventh chapter, beginning at the 36th verse. Hear now the word of the Lord. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city, who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owned 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts of both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, 
I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, Jesus said, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love, but the one who, to whom little is forgiven loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the word just read, may it inform the words to come and may it all work together to draw us closer to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite pieces of our liturgy in the traditional service at Church of the Palms is the corporate prayer of confession. Every week we join together and we confess the ways that we have fallen short. I think this is because in a very real way, I have experienced both the brokenness and the beauty of the world, both in myself and in the world around me. And I find that prayer of confession to be powerful, uniting, somehow hopeful. I find it hopeful this way that we confess together that we have fallen short, and together we hear week after week that we have been forgiven. This passage in Luke places a sinner in the same room with Simon, who most decidedly feels like he is better than she is. Certainly, he thinks Jesus is better than she is, and as a result, Simon feels she has no business being there, carrying on like she is. It's embarrassing. He's uncomfortable. As human beings, one of the kind of sinfulness to which we are prone is that of classifying people into worthy and not worthy, good and bad. We can get it into our minds that godly and sinner are separate categories and that the proper life work of a Christian is to move out of the latter. The danger, of course, is that in doing so, we not only forget our own sinfulness, but we can also suggest that you cannot be godly unless you're Christian just the way we are. We presume others are less devout in their faith because they hold different theological positions than we do, because they vote differently than we do. We can create an environment which suggests to visitors that you're unwelcome if you're on the wrong side of a particular social issue. And we, like Simon, want to decide who is acceptable. Who is worthy? Some of the most devout people I've met in my life are people who are in recovery from addiction. 
Life has forced them onto their knees in ways that many of us never have to be. As the saying goes, adversity introduces us to ourselves. And the result is a humility that leads to honest confession and a deeper, richer understanding of our shared human condition. And there is also in these folks profound gratitude for God having saved a wretch like me. They identify with the unnamed woman weeping with grief and gratitude on Jesus' feet. Perhaps we would be well served to spend less time worrying about the sin of others and more time repenting for our own sin, more time considering how we, having been forgiven, might respond in love to the undeserved mercy and grace we've received. Our weekly ritual of confessing helps us stay rooted in this place. It helps us move from judgment toward love and mercy. AA founder Bill W. wrote in the big book, the feeling of having shared in common peril, that is being human, is the one element, is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. It has been said that the best thing any church could hope for is to be filled with weeping sinners who have the humility to know that though they deserved judgment, they've received grace upon grace upon grace. Let us pray. Merciful God, help us to think less of the sin of others and more about our own brokenness. Keep us from classifying your children as unworthy or deeming ourselves as more righteous. Create in us a humility that leads to honest confession and aid us in great, our gracious God in our efforts to respond to your generosity by being gracious and loving to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.